is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good evening to everyone joining us from Sydney and around the world. Welcome again to our Daily Dose podcast at UGP and today we have got a very special guest again joining us from Sydney. His name is uh, Shubham Bath and he's studying Masters of Commerce at UNSW Sydney. Welcome to today's Daily Dose, Shubham. Thank you so much Sarah, for having me here. It's definitely great to be a part of UGP and spreading the word of the good work that uh, you're doing over here. And obviously, as uh, young leaders and entrepreneurs ourselves, uh, it is important that we discuss on the international issues and spread that awareness from our end. Sure. Great to have you here. Just to start with today's Daily Dose, we have got great news for Australia with uh, 38% of the people now fully vaccinated and 62% of people getting one dose of vaccination. It's adding to the good news we have got from Scott Morrison yesterday that Australia has successfully secured another 4 million doses of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccines coming from the United States. And those doses will in fact be coming in the next couple of weeks. The first shipment of those doses, which will be containing 292,000 doses, uh, will be coming in the first shipment and then it will be followed up with the second shipment coming soon. Successfully, it has been the second deal for Australia in, after they were able to grab 500,000 doses from Singapore. Were you able to go through that, Shubham? Oh, definitely. I think it is a wonderful news. And uh, given that uh, Australia has already been in lockdown for two years now, their international borders are shut. It is great news, especially for the people uh, who want to go back to their home countries and come back, the international students who are here. Uh, it is definitely great news for them because the rate at which the accelerator, the acceleration of vaccination increases, the better it is for Australia and everyone over here. Well, what do you think about that in that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Because the more we increase the rate of the va- that vaccination that we are looking at, the faster it will be for us to open up the economies, not only in Australia, but also around the world. And that's what we are seeing in Europe now because of the rapid you know, opening of the schools. There is also this big question that how will the schools open in Europe? And I think the same question needs to be answered for Australia in a couple of months. So it's a good blueprint for us to see what's going on in Europe at the moment, where the students are asked to come with their mask in flexiglass cubicles. Um, hmm. And we know that more than 12 million students have resumed their classes, face-to-face classes. Um, and WHO and UNICEF has already supported this fact that the schools across Europe should continue to stay open in the coming days. And that's a clear message to the other countries as well, isn't it? Because, um, you know, you and I can't even imagine our childhood days without going to a face-to-face <laughs> class, studying virtually, um, you know, in those uh, times, because those are the times when you want to really go out, mingle up with your friends. What do you have to say? Could you even think oh, definitely. of yeah. your <laughs> uh, To be honest, even now, uh, if you go about that, it's really difficult um, 
for us as well as adults uh, to go out just keeping our masks on right we are social creatures and social beings as humans and we want to interact and the early days of a childhood are the times when you you are exposed to so many things and your school life is, plays a major role in it absolutely right so i think it definitely is a very good move but again it comes in the difference in policies and structures as well right when we talk about europe they have moved from dealing with covid uh, strategy to living with covid strategy now that has facilitated this move for them now as soon as other countries can also incorporate a move like that by increasing the vaccination rates so that even the citizens there are secure enough they feel should this should be secure enough and given the there's less pressure on healthcare this would be a great initiative for other countries as well it definitely i think it sets a very good benchmark absolutely absolutely and you know this pandemic has been the most disruptive element of a child's education because um, you know as i said that we cannot even imagine if i am a small kid who is 4 years old or 5 years old i cannot imagine studying online in an environment where i have to talk to my friends over a computer i have to do everything over a computer but continuing from that story we have got couple of other stories trending around the world one of those stories is related to this uh, um you know again covid 19 situation in thailand thousands of protesters have gathered in thailand's capital who are demanding the prime minister's resignation. resignation the prime minister prayuth's resignation who has failed to keep the promise of uh, providing the sufficient amount of covid 19 vaccines in the countries and in fact the demonstrators are blaming the prime minister prayuth for his handling of the pandemic and criticizing his policies for immense amount of corruption also lagging in the country if we look at the figures of thailand just 13% of thailand's population uh, of more than vaccinated have been fully vaccinated and more than 1.2 million infections till now with 12000 deaths have occurred in this country were you able to absolutely what's going on shubham Yes, I did uh, get a chance to go through the numbers and uh, do a little more research on what they are. Right, Thailand again is one of the countries with uh, a bit of a higher rate of corruption as well. So definitely, when uh, your citizens come out and blame you for certain things, there have been certain lags. That is why they are taking that step. Right. So it is important to analyze and see whether it is. actually the case or is it something else as well which is uh, causing this disruption in the system uh, if you look at uh, a country like thailand with a population of around 70 million right um the vaccination rate is 10% i think from that perspective the vaccination rates are definitely low but there are other countries as well in which the vaccination rate is similar so definitely if you look at this perspective then uh, i think they are right to come out and protest but again when you talk about coming out and protesting they are aiding in increasing the spread of the virus instead of curbing that so what what do you think uh, is is it is it all okay to protest in a manner like that absolutely um the two points which you have raised one is related to the vaccination rate i think the main point the audience of thailand is raising is not related to the vaccination rate 
but it's more related to the fact that the Thailand government have failed to procure enough vaccines and have a plan for the near future. So, for example, in Australia, Australian government has already procured vaccines, enough vaccines for the next couple of months. From here on, now they have to just market it so that the people can vaccinate themselves. So the problem is with the procurement of the vaccines, which the Thailand hmm. government has completely failed into. The second point which you raised is actually related to a great fact which I always feel that during a lockdown, the most important element for you is to follow this order of staying at home. If you cannot stay at home, then it's very hard for the Delta variant or any kind of variants to stop transmitting from individual to individual. And even if you cannot, if you, if you can, you know, just stay within your community, within your bubble that you have created, a group of your friends or a group of your family members, just don't break that bubble. Otherwise, you're going to further spread the transmission from one person to another. The best ways of having a protest in this environment, go for an online protest. That's the best way. There are so many portals nowadays where you can uh, form your Facebook groups. You can form your meetup groups and start protesting against something. And you can have a signed petition. You can sign the petition from 100,000, 200,000 people and then send it to the prime minister of Thailand. It might not be that effective, obviously. But at least to some extent, extend it adds value when we are in a lockdown. We need to be very careful of this. And what has happened is now it's going to further aggravate the situation, as you just pointed out. Absolutely. I think uh, one thing that you actually raised uh, very well is that uh, it's not just about the signed petitions, but uh, what you we were discussing previously is about living with COVID, right? Living with COVID is possible when uh, your vaccination rates are high. And with that low a vaccination rate, it definitely isn't possible to live with COVID. So I think that is one of the reasons because the Thailand government did take an approach of living with COVID without having that high vaccination rates. So it definitely hinders the growth of the general public as well. And that aggravates the situation psychologically for them. Absolutely. Moving from the Thailand story, uh, another big story uh, trending, which has been trending, as I said to um, our yesterday's um, attendee as well, that the Afghanistan story has now been trending for around a month or so. And it's quite it's quite uh, scary of what's happening after we see that the government is being formed and we see all kinds of signs that the women's images are being scrapped off the capital. and. Uh, from here on, I think the countries like Qatar and Turkey are expected to play a key role. In fact, we see that um, there is a meeting being called on Monday by the US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and he's hosting a set of countries, including Canada, France, Germany, Japan, UK, Turkey, NATO, and obviously uh, Qatar, because Qatar is playing a very key role in acting as a mediator between the United States and the Taliban. We know that Qatar has got good relations on both the sides and it can really play that role between the two you know, angles to get the world out of this situation and help Afghanistan in these tough times. Um, and we also know that no one has played a better role in the evacuation process which is going on now than Qatar at this point of time. So the world is actually looking at Qatar and Turkey who can act as those uh, key mediators in this situation. Isn't it, Shubham? 
Absolutely, Saurabh. Um, if you look at Qatar's uh, positioning, it hasn't just uh, been a mediator now, but if you look at the history, it's been a mediator between the US and Taliban as uh, like since uh, 2013, when uh, President Obama took the first step about star, like uh, setting up a meeting with the Taliban and deciding on whether uh, they should pull back from Afghanistan. Since then, they have been playing a very important role because Qatar is also heavily backed by US forces. And to a huge extent, they rely on the US forces for help against the other uh, countries in that region. Right. So given that particular positioning that they have, it is very important that they set themselves in a place that on geopolitical level, they are visible. But definitely, if they have relations, good relations with both parties, and they have that influence to mediate the talks, then why not? Today, we live in a world where more than arms, the world can be better through dialogue. Absolutely. So it is, a, I think, like when definitely Afghanistan government has been uh, uh, crippled down and uh, Taliban has taken over entirely in Afghanistan, it is important now that the world also starts looking at it from a point of view where they can incorporate Taliban as well as the leaders. Again, it is one person's opinion, right? And there are different ways of looking at it. But from what I see at the moment that uh, it's not just our opinion, I think, Saurabh, but uh, a lot of the other countries as well are taking a huge step towards uh, building new relations with Taliban. Absolutely. And that's why you see these international UN agencies, they are looking at Qatar as an important country because they know that it can act as a key player in this situation when a lot of doubts are, you know, they are hovering around how the future of Afghanistan will look like, especially for the restrictions on women and all those things. Uh, we'll be joined by Mariam uh, Popal Zahid on Monday and we'll be talking about that in detail, definitely. Um, one of the news that you only shared with me a few days back, Shubham, was very interesting news and very sad news also coming from United States, which talks about this uh, new law which has been passed by the Texas. Um, and this bill actually bans anybody uh, for the abortions as early as six weeks of pregnancy. The Supreme Court has ruled 5-4 against providing any kind of relief to abortion providers. So if we see that the Supreme Court has in fact supported the rule, the law which has been passed in Texas to ban abortions as early as six weeks. Now, this can be considered as a major victory for some people who are the anti-abortion advocates. But again, what Justice Sonia uh, Sotomayor, who is a very close uh, justice uh, to Barack Obama, has termed it as, you know, an unprecedented law against the rights of the women who seek abortions throughout Texas. So it kind of balances of those two things. And it's a good discussion point from here on. Even President Joe Biden has called it as a decision which can be considered as an unprecedented assault on women's constitutional rights. And he has, in fact, stated that he will be providing all necessary support in this regards to the Texas wherever possible. Absolutely, Saurabh. Um, I was reading a lot on this law, but again, um, it comes out of the part where 
we as humans, uh, we cannot definitely comment a lot on it because we are not experts in the human body, right? But if you look at it from a humanitarian perspective as well, it's not just about uh, the child who is there inside, right? But it, it is also about the woman who is bearing it and what were the conditions again uh, under which they are seeking abortion. Because there can be so many th reasons behind that. And the law has been really unprecedented, I believe, because uh, it bans abortion under any circumstances. It is not just whether a woman was forcefully uh, um, abused or even where uh, it was a malpractice, right? It takes away a lot of the rights from the person who is not ready for something. Yeah, even and if you look at is, this law, yeah, even if you look at this law under this law, which states that anyone can sue anyone who performs aids or intends to aid in an abortion, regardless of whether they have a personal stake in the abortion performed. I'm just reading as it is, uh, you know, in between what you were saying. No, absolutely, sort of. Uh, that's the thing, right? Um, a lot of key stakeholders are involved in this. And it is important that uh, we look at it uh, from different perspectives and angles where uh, you need to consider uh, is just that one person or uh, as even we as individuals, uh, we play, we can play an important role in understanding this thing, right? But a lot more deeper uh, understanding of this uh, law is required in order to see why Texas has actually uh, pass this law absolutely and you know there will be discussions going on in the coming days and we'll see how this situation unfolds in texas and also in other united you know states of united states of america because um, it is a probability that since it has been passed in one republican state it might continue to be passed in other states as well but it's not about democrats or republicans here it's more about, you know, where does the common public stand in this and where does the majority of the people stand in this? And again, there can be two sides to the story, as you just rightly pointed out. You know, some of them can definitely agree with what happened and some of them might disagree with what happened. There are two sides of the story. And that's where Ultimate Global Podcast comes for you into picture. We, we are here to discuss on both the sides of the stories and we are here to bring to you both the perspectives of the sides so that you get to know and you get to decide what's right and what's wrong. We are not here to tell you what's right or what's wrong. We are here to discuss some topics and discuss the theme of that topic and bring forward to you different perspectives from both the sides. We leave it up to you what's right and what's wrong. Well, there is one more news uh, which we'd like to talk about today is related to the tax, tax plan of America. As we all know that one of the main promises of Joe Biden was to tax the richest of the people, quite similar to what his opponent Bernie Sanders was saying in the primaries of Democrats, as we all know. And the major elements of the Biden's tax plan, tax plan would raise nearly $3.5 trillion, and it's going to charge 28% of corporate tax rate, which will be raising around $857 billion. But the main obstacle to this plan is the PPLI, which I was reading about, is the private placement live insurance. It poses a serious obstacle to his plan of guaranteeing high income individuals 
on the large gains that they are earning at least once per lifetime. It's, it's a massive loophole as per what I studied. And, but it, it's entirely legal and it's quite easy to exploit by those large owners. Isn't it, Shivam? Absolutely. I think um, we need to understand when we talk about this, these capital gains or PPLI um, is mainly related to one time the inheritance taxes, right? So, and uh, again, it uh, boils down to two questions. When uh, should we pay those taxes and why should we pay those taxes? That's right. The why is a very big, big question over here. Once on one hand, if you talk about social responsibility, then definitely why not? If you have more, you can give more as well. Again, if you have more, why should you give more? It comes down to that. And that is why all these loopholes also come into practice as well. But if you look at it from a very uh, large uh, picture, sort of, US is not the only country with a very high tax rate. In fact, it is not the, the country with the highest tax rate even. The Scandinavian countries charge a higher tax rate, almost reaching up to 57% of your income tax. And their capital gains tax structures are also very different. So compared to that, um, US isn't charging much. But then again, US also has a high net, uh, uh, net worth of individuals with uh, the highest billionaires in the world at the moment. So definitely the tax reforms will help a lot of people. But again, um, the question is, is it all right to tax them? Absolutely. It's it's a big debate, as you know, that was the main one of the main points between the presidential debate last year that happened in October between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, because, you know, the backgrounds also they are coming from uh, one is coming from the business background business, and yeah. Donald Trump has been quite supportive towards all kinds of businesses across the United States. Um, Joe Biden has not been that direct in, you know, going against the businesses as you know similar to what um, bernie sanders does because bernie sanders is considered to be one of the most vocal personalities i have seen in the united states absolutely He's always raising his voice against the minimum wage which i completely support with but he has not been able to come with a solid plan because if you look at the the idea of minimum wage is definitely supportive right because everybody needs to have that minimum wage in their life to support their basic livelihood to sustain their basic livelihood but there needs to be a better plan into place which i'm sure the the u.s president might come in the near future well that's it for today's daily dose podcast um we'd like to thank shubham for joining us today um and before we end the podcast just to let you know that we are now out on spotify as well so you can check our Spotify link in the description uh, on Facebook. So if you want to listen to us on Spotify, uh, everyone who is on Spotify now can go to Spotify and look at our Daily Dose episodes. Um, we are also coming up with a special weekly episode starting from the 16th of September. And uh, tomorrow we are having a very special guest joining us. So stay tuned for our Daily Dose for tomorrow. And we hope to see you again, Shubham, in one of our Daily Dose episodes. Absolutely, Saurabh. More than happy to join. Thank you so Thank much you. for having me today. Thank you so much. See you. Have a great day.